of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. I'm Tracy from Stuff You Missed in History Class. Are you a small business owner or even someone who dreams of entrepreneurship? Then check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from iHeart Podcasts and Intuit QuickBooks. Join hosts Austin Hankwitz and Janice Torres as they interview entrepreneurs, sharing insights around starting and nurturing a small business. You won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places. Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class, a production of iHeartRadio. Happy Friday, I'm Holly Fry. And I'm Tracy V. Wilson. We talked about Barbette this week. We did. Barbette, who I love, but I feel like if I traveled back in time and met Barbette, Barbette would not like me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'm fastidious enough for Barbette. Sure. He was um, all about impeccability, which I don't uh-huh. I don't own that trait. I was going <laughs> to say it was too much gum chewing. <laughs> Possibly. Um, too much of anything. Yeah. I think Barbette would find modern culture and the way people dress very casually utterly horrifying. But Sure, sure. That's just my theory. Although, in that same 1969 article that we talked about, one of the things that comes up is um, the the person that connected Stieg Muller to him finally, because Stieg Muller had reached out and gotten no response and ended up going through um, a professor that knew them or could get them connected. Mm-hmm. And this professor was apparently a very casual dresser, but Barbette was very complimentary of him and compared him to, like, royalty. And it, there was this moment of confusion of, like, are we all talking about the same thing? Like, what's... <laughs> so he obviously had, like, a magnanimous spirit and was willing to, you know, be kind and didn't just dismiss people, but... Sure. Uh, I think I might be I might be too sloppy jalopy for Barbette. Um the Alpharetta sisters, his first act. Mm-hmm. There's a little offhand detail that's sort of, it's simultaneously like really yucky, but also 
so indicative of the world of vaudeville that was going on at the time, mm-hmm. which is that, um, you know, we mentioned that one of the Alpharetta sisters had died. And the one that remained that was to become his partner in this trapeze and aerial act was the wife of a comedian named Happy Doc Holland, who was a blackface comedian. Oh, And this just kind of gets, you know, mentioned very casually. And it's like, that because that was totally de rigueur at the time. Um, So it's like, (laughs) you you have to remember how many just weird things were going on in vaudeville that people were perfectly willing to accept. Uh, and then there was Barbette, who not everyone right. was willing to accept, but some people loved! Yeah, well, we, um, we've we talked about uh, f- like female impersonators in vaudeville before. You have, uh, you have selected our Julian Elting episode uh-huh. uh, as an upcoming Saturday classic uh, because it, it pairs so nicely with this one. But, like, there was a lot of sort of gender impersonation, gender performance yes. in the world of vaudeville. Yes. Um, obviously, it did not originate with vaudeville. <laughs> that's, the first doing, one, no. Yeah, it was, but, you know, that's, uh, there's, a whole, there's a whole history there. Yeah, I, um, I find myself so fascinated thinking about how Barbette would fit into the world today and how he might identify and how he might, whether he would be an out gay man. Like there are other, um, there are other indicators we mentioned that, that he clearly had relationships with men. There was one thing that I found and I wasn't able to really substantiate although it came from, you know, a fairly reliable source, but that he had actually been arrested in England mm-hmm. for the way it was worded sounded pretty benign, like basically being found in an embrace with another man, whatever that may mean. Sure. But that as a consequence, he couldn't perform there anymore because he couldn't get um, performance permits, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, I don't know that he cared since he was so happy in Paris, but... right. Uh, those are the kinds of little things that pop up. But again, there's never any indication that there was a special person in his life. Yeah, yeah. Other than possibly Jean Cocteau. And the way that relationship kind of peters out is a little unclear to me as well. Some of this is made extra fuzzy because one of the the sources that a lot of people cite is a very well-written historical novel. So, oh, yeah, that's tricky. Um, it It is seems to be very well-researched and it's very well-written, but, like, there are obviously elements that are speculative that I think some people have taken as factual gospel truth. Yeah, And that yeah, has yeah. confused things quite a bit. So I spent a lot of time just trying to, like, eliminate anything that seems like it may have come from there. Again, not, not to deride it as a piece of writing, but just it's... Yeah, that can be really tricky. There's been a couple of times when I have sort of reviewed a historical novel for the show because it was something that, like, was described as being really grounded in, uh, like, as much factual detail as possible. Yeah. But, like, I so, the same thing, like, when you're writing a novel, you're making choices about, right. about making it a good novel. And so that's not something that I think can work in most of the time as a, like a source for the show. Um, 
Also, we talked about this a little bit in our uh, Ruth Benedict, I think, behind the scenes lately. That like so often when we're talking about people living at a time when like any kind of same sex behavior was uh, in a lot of places um, more outlawed than today, because obviously there are places that still still illegal. criminalize. Yeah. Um, like there's so much of what historians are trying to do involves like reading between the lines mm-hmm. and uh, and kind of like eking things out from the margins. Um, and so it can be really tricky. And then aside from that, we've talked before about like not wanting to assign people an identity that like they didn't have the same cultural access to. Yeah. Uh, it's a tricky Thing. It is. So, like, this is yet another person that, to me, like, clearly in the big umbrella of LGBTQIA yeah. plus history, uh, but, like, specifics that it's okay to have questions about and not know definitively. Well, and and he's one that makes it extra unique because so much of his work and what made him famous was messing with that whole system oh, anyway. Sure. yeah. Where it's like, (laughs) oh, you think I am a beautiful woman. In fact, I'm a beautiful man. Um, So it's unclear to me exactly how the relationship with Cocteau fizzled out or if he just wanted to come back to the U.S. or or what. He does state pretty clearly in that 1969 interview that he was really dismayed about the film and what had happened and how he felt like he had been a little manipulated uh-huh. um, into being part of something he wasn't comfortable with. So sure. Uh, that may or may not have been the source of part of their, their yeah. um, fizzling out. Uh, one thing that's really, really interesting, right? We talked about how Cocteau had gotten Man Ray to take these portraits of him, which are very beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is one, at least one that's in the collection of the Met but it's not on display. Um, They have it on their website, but it's like they have a note about um, permissions that like it can't even be enlarged from what they show on the website. Oh, wow. You can't download it and they can't sell it um, and that they don't have it viewable at the museum. So you kind of only get little, little pictures. It got used on a book cover at one point. That is the other thing. There is a source I would love to have, which is a book written by Cocteau about... Barbet mm-hmm. to get it on the secondhand market was a couple hundred bucks. I was going to say eight hundred dollars. I there are times when I'll be like, "Yep," and I kind of wanted it, but it was like it was not going to get here in time. Mm-hmm. And even the dust jacket for that book, which features a Man Ray photo, is like fifty dollars just for the dust jacket. Oh my so goodness. that is an indicator of how cherished this book is. Yeah. So um, did not did not get my hands on that one, unfortunately. Um, I want to talk a little bit more because I mentioned I would about what a jerk. Jay Brooks Atkinson was in the oh, review. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I literally, at first as I'm reading it, I'm like, he points out that, you know, somebody's reaction was that it was god-awful. Um, but then he is kind of mocking that woman, and I was like, is he actually trying to say, like, no, this is art, and she's too ignorant to get it? But then as he goes on and he's like, oh, what are the Europeans going to do if Barbette breaks his neck? And I'm like, ah, yeah, like anything about this. This whole thing is gross. Um, And he became very influential (laughs) in his career. So, yeah, I I hope he learned kindness. Uh, 
it's always a weird one. Yeah. Oh, Barbette. I, you can see some video. It's quite grainy of him um, doing the his early um, his some of his early acts with the circus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, again, that whole um, Erford whirling sensations using your teeth to support that is one of the most terrifying acts of any like. Mm-hmm. Um, circus or aerialist for me ever. Like, I have one of those things where I just, like, broken teeth weird me out, and the yeah, thought yeah. of it is not, mm-mm, no. Um, yeah, Austin really embraces <laughs> Barbette. Whether Barbette would agree with that is a matter of debate, uh, Yeah, I and that goes back to, like, my earlier question in the episode of, like, I have no idea what the, like, the perception of Austin was when Barbette was alive. Uh, but I like I feel like the the Austin vibe now. <laughs> yeah, probably not quite the same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there is certainly speculation about why he chose to end his life when he did. We don't know. It's all it is all speculative, right? Like yeah. his family very purposely kept that quiet like they didn't want to speak on it so we don't have any details which is probably right and it's certainly in line with their wishes right well and I think also mental health is complicated yes and I think a lot of times when there's this like a search to find a reason for something like even if there is in quotation marks a reason like that might be really oversimplified yeah, and I, I understand the impulse because people want to make sense of behaviors that don't make sense to them. Right. And be like, oh, but there is a cause and effect I can point to and that makes it more understandable and something that I could avoid in my life. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's finding ways to say that that scary thing is not ever going to touch you. Yeah. So I fully understand it, but in his case, we there's not really any information about it. We know his health was not great in the last few years of his life, but that's all we know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, but I really, really, I, I want more Barbette. I know there was a play staged about Barbette in the Austin area, I think in 2002. And I haven't, there were write-ups about it then, and it was very well reviewed at the time, at least locally. And I haven't, I didn't find anything else about it, though, beyond that. So hopefully, I that's, this is a person I would be happy to have a movie made by a really mm-hmm. skilled, skilled writer and director. I just looked up this uh, this photo that's at the Met on my phone while you were talking, and that mm-hmm. is beautiful. Yeah, I mean, Man Ray is already like, and all of these photos are like that, where he's often in full hair and makeup, but then, you know, he's only partially in, like, the undergarments of a mm-hmm, woman. You can mm-hmm. clearly see that, like, his chest and his shoulders, which are, he was very petite, but he obviously is very strong. Like, he had to have been for his to work. To do this aerial work, um, yeah. And, you know, where that part is not yet part of the illusion of womanhood. And it makes just all of these really compelling images. There are some portraits of him in full drag that are so spectacularly gorgeous Mm -hmm. and glamorous that, like, they're swoon-worthy as art. They're just so beautiful. So if you want to go noodle around on the internet for pretty pictures, (laughs) that is a, a perfectly delightful way to spend an hour, in my opinion. Yeah. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. 
Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. I'm Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. Did you know small businesses make up 99.9% of all businesses in the United States? The world is powered by entrepreneurs. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. And every episode hosts Austin Hankwitz and Janice Torres talk to entrepreneurs about how they've grown from the lessons of launching and nurturing a small business and how they have found success being their own boss. From the excitement of first starting out to finding Finding the right tools and resources to process invoices and payments like QuickBooks Money, you won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. This week we talked about square dancing. Yeah. Uh, so we both learned some square dancing in school. And I will tell you, I was into it. And here's why. Uh, at my school, square dancing was one of the things we learned, like, as we moved away from sort of the kindergarten level PE, uh-huh. where we did stuff like p- playing with a parachute uh, or, like, rolling around on scooters that I'm surprised we didn't all cause ourselves serious <laughs> injury with. And we moved into a lot more team sports, and I was bad at all team sports. I couldn't throw a ball. I couldn't hit a ball. I couldn't catch a ball. 
occasionally I would have some weird run of luck where I would actually like get the basketball into the basket and I would be like, maybe I can do it now. Nope, nope, it was a weird fluke. But what I could do was follow instructions. So <laughs> square dancing was like my preferred gym activity. You don't look like you have that same experience. Well, I have to confess, you know, I mean, I think I have many times what a shrew of a child I was because I did not encounter square dancing in school until I moved in the fourth grade from the Seattle area to the Florida Panhandle. All right. And by the time we got to square dancing in PE, I had begun to take ballet lessons and fancied myself a prima ballerina. Okay. And I was the biggest snoots patoots where uh-huh. I was like, I would enjoy square dancing if anyone else in this class could do it. Like, I was that horrible kid that was Fun. like, you suck, yeah. you suck. None of these people are worthy to be my partner. Like, uh-huh. I literally pitched to the teacher, can I just do it by myself? <laughs> because I didn't want to deal with other kids. I honestly love this story. What a shrew. Um, my judgmentalness was slightly different. <laughs> um, we did the thing where we were going to do... Actually, I think what we were going to do was the Virginia Reel, which is technically not a square dance because it's done in two rows, not in a square. And so uh, there's that whole thing of, like, should this be under the umbrella of square dancing or not? And my partner was a kid, I am sure as an adult, that his home life had other stuff going on that I did not know about. Of course. All I knew about him, though, was that he was absent a lot and that he thought this was stupid. And so I was like, I know what's going to happen, which is that he is not going to show up for the PTA meeting where we're supposed to do the square dance, and I'm not going to get to do it, and I'm going to be upset about it. And you know who was right? It was me. (laughs) Uh, And I was very kind of bitter about that. Um, I just, this past weekend, went on a road trip with my spouse, and as sometimes happened, I kind of just downloaded everything about square dancing to him as we were, uh, like, making our way toward the highway to go on this trip. And I was surprised to learn that his gym class did not include any square dancing. Like, he is a year younger than me, Uh, which, you know, we were sort of toward the tail end of the square dancing gym class popularity wave. Uh, But he's still, like, close enough to me in age that I would have expected it. And he's also from a really kind of remote rural area. And so the fact that there was no square dancing, uh, kind of, I was like, really? Um, And as we were talking about it, he pointed out that his school's nearest neighbor and their rival in all things athletics was actually a reservation school. Ah. And he was like, I wonder if, and this is totally speculative, but he was like, I wonder if those same things about like square dancing kind of being like a tool of oppression kind of influenced that school and then also by extension, like their neighbors. And I was like, Totally speculative, but also, to me, totally possible. Right, grounded um, in in some solid logic. Yeah. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. 
Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric. Cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. I'm Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. Did you know small businesses make up 99.9% of all businesses in the United States? The world is powered by entrepreneurs. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. And every episode hosts Austin Hankwitz and Janice Torres talk to entrepreneurs about how they've grown from the lessons of launching and nurturing a small business, and how they have found success being their own boss. From the excitement of first starting out to finding the right tools and resources to process invoices and payments like QuickBooks Money, you won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. I also have a quote from S. Foster Damon that I didn't put in the episode that I wanted to read. Because, like... There were just there were just so many revivals of square dancing, and they just all kept making the point. This is so old. This is like a return to our quote Anglo-Saxon heritage. That's we don't often use the word Anglo-Saxon on the show anymore because it has become this like like synonym for like white history, and that's like w- when we're actually talking about. English history that formerly would have been described as Anglo-Saxon, like at this point, we are more likely to say early English. But we used it in this episode because that's specifically what people were referring to, was this like sort of imagined idea of a white pastime and reviving it over and over. So S. Foster Damon wrote, quote, 
Then the Second World War swept away our last romantic notions that Europeans were better than Americans. The nation worked together as never before, and again, as in 1651, the spirit of democracy rose from the folk into the ballrooms. Countryside and city were one again. People have put a lot of emotional weight on square dancing. <laughs> they have. We have not gotten to the thing I really, really, really want to talk about. Okay, let's talk about it. Um, it's hillbilly hair. Okay. Because while Western square dancing was something I first did in school, my first uh-huh. exposure to it was that 1950 Bugs Bunny cartoon. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. In which Bugs, after a series of entanglements and whatnot um ends up calling a square dance with these two brothers the martins and Mm -hmm. through his calling makes them do more and more violent and progressively silly things which i i I love it i you know it's a skewering again this was made in 1950 so like it is definitely a skewering of this whole idea yeah square dancing is like this noble americana as Uh it was kind of being uh, pushed in the the public sphere. It also is, you know, pretty unkind to people who live in the country. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, to rural yeah, yeah. areas. And it also just kind of skewers this idea of long-term family feuds. But yeah, one of my happiest moments ever as a podcaster was when I was doing um, the podcast Drawn, which is about animation. Mm-hmm. And I was interviewing Jackson Public, who is one of the creators of the Venture Brothers. And mm-hmm. he and I both love Bugs Bunny. And spontaneously, we were doing the call from Hillbilly Hair together. <laughs> <laughs> whirl, whirl, twist and twirl, jump around like a flying squirrel. Like, it's yeah, the best. Yeah, yeah. It's the absolute yeah. best. Um, and so that's what I often think of when I think of square dancing, which I imagine people who were trying to really push it as a part of uh, important American folk culture probably didn't appreciate. Right. Yeah. That yeah. That cartoon has been censored in a variety of ways over the years, sometimes due to gun violence, sometimes due to just violent behavior. But mm-hmm. uh, I imagine there are lots of people who have would rather it not exist. But yeah, since yeah. I Bugs Bunny was my first crush, I will always love it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't remember. I kept putting it in and taking it out and then, like, adding more description than taking it out um, about sort of the attire that is uh, common in modern Western square dancing, which is, like, a lot of gingham dresses with petticoats and, like, Western-inspired... Uh, the petticoat part I'm into. Yeah. Um, and so, like, that is, uh, like... Like, it's pretty much described as, like, square dancing attire uh, that is, like, really common specifically in modern Western square dancing. And then in the more traditional square dancing, it's kind of more all over the place, like, yeah, in terms of what people wear. Um, (laughs) It's not our first social dance episode. We also did, uh, we also did one on swing dancing, which is also a social dance and also has, you know, some uh, differently nuanced but twists and turns and it's history. Yeah. Uh, I, as I was, uh, I was trying to get a handle on like what exactly modern Western square dancing involved. And I found this one page that was sort of like coming to a square dance. And it, to me, as an outsider, felt a lot more gatekeepy than swing dances I've been to. Because usually when I've gone to a swing dance, 
There is a beginner swing dance at the beginning of the dance, and then anybody of any ability level is welcome to dance. And if somebody dances with you, you can just say, I'm a beginner. And if that person is a total expert, they are not going to, like, walk away from you <laughs> on the floor. Uh, they are going to dance with you, and, you know, you'll, you'll make mistakes, and everyone will laugh in, uh, in, like, the spirit of camaraderie with one another, not in, like, you don't know what you're doing. And this was really more like, if you're a beginner, like, don't show up. Not don't show up, but, like, don't try to dance with more experienced people. You really have to have learned all these calls before you dance. And I was just like, I get the point that instead of just having one partner, there are four couples at this dance. Yeah. And if one couple is struggling, that might affect things for the others. But, like, it just felt a lot more a lot more gatekeepy than, like, what I sort of expected from something that is inherently a social dance. I don't think I've ever done a, a square dance thing as an adult to know. Mm-hmm. I mean, the closest we ever got was when Brian and I took a ballroom dance class at one point that my employer was offering. And that did not go well because no one had explained to my husband that we would have to switch partners and he was not oh, very sure. enthused about that plan. Yeah. He's like, but I want to dance with you, which is very sweet. Yeah, it is very sweet. And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> we have to be that couple that's like, we're not dancing with anyone else. And my life repeated, but that time I didn't mean to be the person that was like, oh no, <laughs> I'm not dancing with any of you. Oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, if you are super into modern Western square dancing and like the things that I found that sound gatekeepy are like outliers, feel free to like write it and, you know, let us know what your experience is. Um, it just seemed to like a very more like you really need, you have to know all these calls before you can join a square. And I was like, ah, okay, but, ha- but okay. <laughs> How do you learn them without experience? Right. Um, <laughs> so anyway, anyway, I, man, again, super into it in elementary school. I was so good at following instructions. I love it. Unless I thought your instructions were nonsense, at which point I was not doing them. <laughs> if you want to send us a note, we're at History Podcast at iHeartRadio.com. We'll be back with a Saturday classic tomorrow and a brand new episode on Monday. I hope everyone has a good weekend. If you like to social dance and you're getting to go social dancing this weekend, I hope you have the best time. If you would rather not do that, I hope no one makes you. <laughs> we'll be back Monday with a new show. Stuff You Missed in History Class is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. 
I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 